So you're asking me earlier about the graffiti thing. Yeah. What happened? Okay. So someone has been going through our alley for the past couple of weeks, I guess, spray painting some things on some dumpsters. And before people freak out, this isn't street art we're talking about here. So, you know, Pauline, calm down. Everything's fine. If it was street art, I wouldn't care so much. It, you know, something to brighten up the neighborhood, add some flavor, you know, something a little interesting to look at. No, these are just dirty words on dumpsters because someone found a spray can and decided to, you know, be shocking or whatever. And some, it's you know, BMO. we know yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's getting weird in his uh in his old age now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he's got that no, no. little crooked smile that that's mm-hmm. suspicious. Yep, exactly. So we uh and then you know there was some gang stuff mixed in there too. So this isn't the first time I've done something like that where I've spray painted over that sort of thing in the neighborhood just because you know we all live here. Nobody needs that around. No one's gonna do anything about it. It's the it's the least thing I can do. And you know, I, I don't I don't do it like, you know, alone or anything like that. I don't do it at night. I do it during the daytime where, you know, everything is all out in the open. So there's no question about it. You know, I'm not trying to get jumped or anything like that, obviously. But Yeah. Yeah. It's just the way I did it this time, I've been a little bit out of practice. It hasn't come up in a while. So I got my spray paint out. And I went to the dumpster and I'm just like, you know, spraying over all the crap and all that stuff. And I, I'm just getting like spray paint splashed on my hands. And I'm like, this is just really bad. I'm a terrible criminal. I would get caught immediately. Oh, I, am same. No, I am no Banksy. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, like spray paint, what? like it doesn't matter. I, I would get caught immediately. I would immediately get caught. <laughs> I was half expecting like a cop car to pull around and, and just catch me like, you know, I would say red handed, but it was white spray paint. So white handed <laughs> and just like, yeah, what you got going on there, sir? Like, oh, man, this is just so embarrassing. I'm actually trying to clean up the neighborhood officer. Like, no, 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 no. You're you're still defacing uh, public property here. So, yeah, that went down that Shit, way. They probably would get you for something like that. Oh, for sure. You know, because you got to make an example and you got to, you know, do whatever. I don't know, but it's anyway, probably some kid that did it too. Like, I'm sure. And what's what's funny about it? Is I don't have I ever told you about the Sesame Street on our block? No. I okay, don't. so I mean, there's a lot of conversations about a lot of different things. So a lot of different things. I've told you about the um, the sketchy place behind my behind my apartment where you're likely to catch a, a, a couch on fire, and there's mm-hmm. like. 10 to 20 rats running back and forth on a, on a nightly basis. Yeah. Lovely. Um, there's that, but on our block, there's an unassuming, there's an unassuming house where the front yard just looks like a regular place, but in the backyard, it is like an oasis of childhood fun and an invitation for imagination and freedom. These Two people, I believe they're a couple, they run a daycare on my block. And the 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 piece de resistance, their backyard, it it's just glorious. It looks like a little slice of Sesame Street right there. Aww. So they have all these fun little activities for the kids to to participate in. They have like a bell that they ring sometimes incessantly all day. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> there's a little clubhouse. They have like a, you know, a little sandbox and everything. It's just a nice little slice of just, you know, a perfect childhood moment right there in that backyard. But then directly behind that is the alley. And there's all sorts <laughs> of awfulness happening on the other side of that gate. So, you know, I, I that's that's such a weird like or not weird. I shouldn't say weird. That's such a different way of living that like I I grew up in like suburbs and stuff and never had that where it's like the one street <laughs> between is rough. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I did live in some areas that were definitely like you had to be careful because it was like uh, it was a little like uh, especially after my parents divorced and it was like my dad had to go live in an area that he could afford kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I've, I've never experienced anything like that. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's not like this all over Chicago either. Like this is an anomaly Rogers park because this is basically a part of the city where it's the most affordable to live for a lot mm -hmm. of folks. But you also have people that have been here for generations that have actually put down roots and really built a, a home in this neighborhood mm -hmm. too. So a lot of people who have been priced out of Chicago proper are right here on the North edge of the city. So you see all kinds of people. Um, and this is just a small sampling of that. Like you have the little daycare area, you have like a little yuppie condo area, and then yeah. you have like, you know, the assisted living homes and then surrounding us, there's a lot of homes for like elderly people and, you know, mm -hmm. folks who are, uh, you know, maybe going through mental struggles and that sort of thing who have to stay in a place on a long-term basis. Yeah. Uh, there's an entire section, uh, Devon Avenue, which is uh, pretty much uh, for, for folks, uh, Indian folks. Then you have, um, there's another section for like the Hasidic Jewish people. I mean, it's just like a little bit of everything. And yeah, yeah just people from all walks of life. So we try to keep our little areas as clean and safe as possible, but sometimes it's impossible and right, you get right. stuff like that. And if a little thing like graffiti is standing in the way of somebody having a nice day, then, you know, we do what we got to do. Right. Absolutely. And I like that. Like, I like that you have the mentality of like, hey, this is our neighborhood. We're kind of putting this into it. Um, you know, no one's under the obligation to do that, but it is nice when people do that, you know? Yeah, I try to be responsible. Like, I'm going to litter, but I'm at least going to drive a few blocks away before dropping something on the ground, you know? Yeah, that's how I <laughs> Steer clear of the actual neighborhood itself. Steer clear of the Sesame Street. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, go the alley over and then throw it. Exactly. <laughs> that's how you should be. You know, I've thought about that a lot lately because you talked about, like, assisted living homes and stuff like that. And I was like, mm. oh, my gosh, when we have, like, the baby boomers all moving into that. How how the hell are we going to accommodate all of that? That's like, going to be interesting. You I think know, we're going to have like a, a legitimate crisis too. Like it's going to be a problem. I have a um a family member who is um in that age bracket and uh, has uh, Alzheimer, either Alzheimer's or dementia, and I can't remember which one. Mm. I believe both run in my family, so that's lovely. Um, but yeah, like they are not doing well at all. And yeah. I think it's going to reach, it sounds like it's going to reach that point soon. And it's just like, it makes me think, I'm like, oh God, that whole generation that's like, you know, late 60s, early 70s, right? That's what, isn't that what boomers are now? Roughly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
and they're, you know, having to make these life decisions and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's interesting to me too, because a lot of the hobbies that are usually associated with, you know, the older generation with the older folks, you know, these are things that our generations have, have really picked up very early in life, like crocheting, needlepoint, knitting, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it, it went through a phase of the extreme era of the 90s where it was like, oh, no, we're too cool to do stuff like that and be self-sufficient. It's all about being extreme and drinking stuff out of plastic bottles, baby. Mountain Dew, you know, I all that business. But, you know, there came a point where we all sat down and said, you know what, we need to learn how to sew again because we kind of lost track of that. And no, uh, it, I know it's good, but I also miss... Um, you know, drinking surge in my back, not hurting. <laughs> same, same exact feeling. <laughs> so there's that. But, you know, the crosswords, the puzzles, um, that sort of thing. Like I said, things that are stereotypically associated with the elderly. This is stuff that younger generations are like on it right now. Like we are all in it. So what are we going to do when we get old? What, what's going to be the hobby that we like start kind of gravitating towards or we're just going to be like super into hyper focused on like knitting and, and crochet um i don't know maybe we'll find whole new things to do maybe <laughs> we'll just like or maybe we'll adopt more of the like niche things that have slowly become more acceptable like collecting bones or oh. i don't know weird like <laughs> things like that <laughs> collecting bones i love it there are people that collect like little animal bones and stuff oh, not that's my true. not my thing but that's a thing like I a taxidermist stuff, sort of situation yeah 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 like that's okay. i think that's the kind of stuff that will like expand and people do you know that and um, monetize it well into our 80s because we live under a capitalist hellhole. And, oh, you know. yeah. Maybe we're going to get super old-fashioned and go back to those Victrolas where you have to, like, crank it with the giant, mm -hmm. like, you know, speaker on the top and everything. And that's going to be the ultimate form of the vinyl collectors now. Like, we have to yeah. get back to that to finally reach the true peak of, like, the elderly level of yeah, <laughs> collecting absolutely. records. That's the plan. <laughs> That's the plan. I can't wait to hear Tay Tay coming out of a Victrola speaker, man. <laughs> it's going to be something else. It's that real tinny, you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, this is the way music is supposed to be heard. It's just like this... fucking scratching. <laughs> All the pops and the clicks. Yes. Yeah. Give it to me. I'm ready. Oh, boy. You know, it's funny, too, that when you think about celebrities uh, of this age um, getting older and stuff like that, just, you know, I know a lot of these celebrities, they, they go through like a metamorphosis, you know, when they get older. But just people like, you know, Billie Eilish and Lord and, you know, Kanye West and everything, just as they get older, like, what's that going to look like? Man? <laughs> um. Bold of you to assume everyone's going to grow older, but that's true. Yeah. That's true. Historically uh, famous for not, you know, reaching yeah. certain ages, celebrities. Yeah. Yes, you're, you're right. You're right. But yeah, you know, um, in an ideal situation, like that, that will be interesting for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, I can't really see Taylor Swift like spiraling out of control and like you know dipping into drugs and well, alcohol too well, much. There, no, there was a picture of like Taylor Swift in a magazine where she wasn't like photoshopped and all that stuff. And you could see like her face, like she's starting to show some age. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, she's, she's like 32. Like, it's just basically like, Oh, she's not 20 anymore. Like we all start to show a little bit, especially <laughs> yeah. 
white people, we age horribly. Um, <laughs> I like to think that's karmic, you know, debt or something we're paying. That's fine. Well, shit. I'm okay I mean, with it. you know, some of y'all, some of y'all get real, real pressed about shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Sarah Silverman. Oh my God. All right. So. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, I bought up. I bought up the Big Bad Wolf with Kanye, and uh, I don't know if you he want to talk about it. Well, he man. is not well. He is definitely not well. I don't feel the need to go into details. I feel like everyone who's like plugged in knows that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, just we can kind of hit like the main. I mean, he's just he's saying a lot of anti-Semitic stuff, and yeah. Uh, it's interesting to me too that that there's a there's a conception that you know people have been um, just now saying things about him that are negative because of the anti-Semitic stuff. So he's, of course, trying to claim, oh yeah, you know, it's it's. I don't even want to repeat the bullshit he's talking. No, he's no, it's not but it's not just because of the anti-Semitic shit, man. It's because of the you know gestures broadly that's been going on. Over right. the past several years, with this weird fucking benefit of the doubt, his followers have been giving him. I mean, it's dangerous. We've all and it's we've fun. all been giving him such a benefit of the doubt because we know he's unwell, right? So we've been going every time we add that little like asterisk of like, well, I hope he gets better. Hopes is not like. I mean, he doesn't make you like fucking anti-Semitic to have mental health issues. Like, right. it doesn't make you, you know. <laughs> changing your core beliefs and stuff like there's just i think he's just he can both be in need of help and also just be a bad person right and you can be both him being a bad person doesn't change the fact that he needs help you could like we can you can both can exist basically you know Right. right um he is still deserving of help even as like if he is you know a bad person and I think mm-hmm. that's a like that's a hard thing for people to deal with nowadays because we are we have black and white thinking on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And we're like, well, he's a piece of shit or oh, he needs help or whatever. Like it's like it it might be both. <laughs> like that's really hard to to grapple with sometimes. Um It's weird a, too. Yeah. You know, but just because we 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 delve when we can't explain when we can't understand these sort of things, we oftentimes delve into fiction you know, to, to find some sense of, you know, commonality or an answer uh, you Mm -hmm. know, in the best possible scenario. Well, you look at something like Batman, you know, there's situations where he arrests people. Sure. You know, he punches them around quite a bit, you know, as he, as he's want to do, but he would either take them to black gate prison or Arkham asylum, depending on, the type right. of help they needed doesn't make them any less a criminal just means that they also need some mental guidance to try to like solve these issues and hopefully do away with that criminal instinct as well. It rarely pans out. And if it does pan out, it doesn't pan out for too long, but it's a comic. They've got to sell books and movies and shit. Um, but yeah, right. I mean, even, even just like the male power fantasy books understand that aspect of, of life. So I would hope that people would, yeah, in a distant way, kind of use that as an example almost, you know? Right. Um, one thing that concerns me, too, is I saw something, and I didn't read super, like, a lot into it, 
like I, exactly when this happened. I mean, is is like Kanye wants his children to go to the Donda school that he opened, right? Which, and if you see videos of, looks very freaky and cult like. It looks um, like a, a prison, but I mean that that has more to yeah. do with the uniforms but, they're forced to wear, right? But he. So he's he wants he apparently wants his kids to go to the Donda school. So he ended up naming where his children go to school now currently. So I was reading that Kim Kardashian has to like ha- has had to hire extra protections for the children because now their school is known to the public. Yeah, yeah. Which so I like mean, their children are now in danger too because of this. Yeah. And these are all things to consider. It's not just him. It's it's his whole family, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that school. That's a weird. That's a weird topic too. It's an unaccredited Catholic school, I guess, a Christian school. And I don't know if it has a particular. Yeah, I would say I don't know if it has a particular domination affiliation. But yeah, oh no, he like was he was based. very specific about you know it being a Christian school. Oh and no, it is Christian, but I I meant like like specific denomination like Catholic or gotcha. Baptist or whatever. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I, I think that's what kind of um besides the celebrity, I think that's what called a lot of people to sign up for this weird experiment. So I yeah. hope people come to their senses before it gets too late. I mean, you know, these are kids and their time is precious. These are very impressionable moments that they're living in. And uh, being under that kind of tutelage isn't the best. To say if the it's least. not accredited, can it stay open? I, I don't know that much about that stuff. And I don't know if you know either. I don't know if any of our listeners could tell us, but like, I, I just, I'm like, if it's not accredited, I understand the parents have the right to like put their kid wherever, but aren't they going to get in some sort of trouble for that? Right. So when they, when they uh, transition to high school, then what happens then? You know? Yeah. And like, I just, yeah, we can't like, take these credits. This is, is it, is know? it basically like viewed as like they were in daycare all the time or something like that? That's not oh, man. providing an education. That's really weird. Not to not to down daycares or anything like that. I know that they, you know. Oh yeah, like, no, 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 nothing. Yeah. No, I totally get but you. Yeah, but yeah, like is that is that kind of what it's viewed as, where you don't have these fundamentals and you're taught everything, so it's like, oh, you just went to daycare until you were 13 or something. Well, we'll have to look into that because I'm not sure either, and uh, I'm sure this isn't the last we've heard of it as it stands right now. Nope. Uh, you know, he's he's banned from uh, Instagram and Twitter. So I don't know what's next for him. He's either going to try to make his own social media platform or end up on truth, you know? Yeah. He might go back on Tucker Carlson too. Oh my God. There was so much. I was reading a report that there was so much of that interview he did with Tucker Carlson that was left out, that was left on the cutting Mm -hmm. room floor. I think vice.com broke the story and they got some of the footage that they left out, but it was consistently anti-Semitic and just misguided. To, you know, to, to put it lightly. Um, yeah. Man. Um, I, I mean, I watched some of the clips that they did air and I was like, oh my God. I think one of the, like the most difficult things to see was him like uh, kind of, at least in a clip that I saw was kind of like making his mother a villain of the story yeah, almost. That's a weird Al- twist. Almost kind of. I don't know if you watched the clip. He was just like, he was, I don't, or, or perhaps he was making her, 
it was like a negative thing, but he was trying to say that like liberalism kind of um, made her turn him against his father was basically the implication of it or what he was basically saying outright. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, that's kind um, of a negative toward his mother that I I was shocked to hear because he's obviously loves her a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's all he really dwells on lately. Yeah. Well, the main thing I should say. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's what's going on with him. I, I, like I said, we have not heard the last of this. I'm, I'm of course sympathetic to the struggle, but I'm more worried about the effect it's going to have on people that really, you know, trust his opinion on matters. Yeah. And then of course, like there, like there are innocent kids involved in all of this, that that pisses me off. You know, the kids who are in the school, that's not accredited, um, his own children. Right. I understand that they are in a position of wealth. I understand that everyone can have their, their opinions on the Kardashians and that's completely valid. But those children are just children at the end of the day. It's such Um, a dismissive thing too. Like a lot of times when you hear this conversation taking place, People will want to put a button on it because it's difficult. It's, you know, right now, as we're discussing it, I don't know how to move on to the next topic. But a lot of folks, when you hear them discuss it, they'll put the button on it. Well, hey, at least they got money. So when they have to pay for years of therapy, they'll be ready. And ha ha ha, you know. (laughs) Right, right. You know, that doesn't. Yeah, I'm sure they would prefer to have a stable home, you know, and a father who's not you know, Absolutely. challenging them on every single level like that, at least, you know, publicly. Yeah. And the, the thing yeah. is money fixes. We, we as a, like, as a culture, we're always like, you know, money can't make, bring happiness and all this. It fixes most things. It really does. A lot of our problems come from money issues. Right. Right. But it does not fix everything. It doesn't. <clears throat> it will never be able to fix everything. It doesn't. Um, so but it's just think, one of the one of those things, like yeah. Uh, I think you've yeah. given me a, a a good place to transition, though. Yeah. Into the next story. Let's talk about money. I don't yeah, know. that bitch ass Alex Jones is ordered to pay nine hundred and sixty five million dollars for his Sandy. Hook okay, life. well they say money can't buy happiness, but this makes me pretty fucking happy. <laughs> this makes me fucking happy. This comes from AP News. So today was the big day. The jury finally came to their decision about the uh, Alex Jones, uh, you know, defamation situation. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's impossible not to know what's going on, but he's been denying that Sandy Hook actually happened. And, you know, his words and harassing the families and and his 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 TV broadcast. I don't want to call it a news broadcast. This TV show Mm -hmm. has been convincing people, uh, you know, across the nation that what he's saying is actually true, that it was somehow a hoax. And these families have been harassed for several years now. I mean, in addition to losing their loved ones and their lives changing forever, irreparably, they've had to deal with this jackass. So basically the jury sided with the families and uh, they ordered the conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones, on Wednesday, and this is according to AP News, like I said, to pay nearly $1 billion to the victims' families. Which uh, presumably will 
bankrupt him personally and his company. I don't know how much InfoWars is worth. I don't know either, but there's a uh, lot of gullible folks out there that are willing to pay to hear their conspiracy it's gonna be theories. Very depressing. Be. We're going to look up how much InfoWars is worth right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it says uh, the verdict came in a defamation lawsuit filed by some of the families of 26 people who were killed in the 2012 shooting, plus an FBI agent who was among the first responders. A Texas jury in August awarded nearly $50 million to the parents of another child. Um, just real quick, Alex Jones and his company are worth up to $270 million. Okay. That's like an econo- uh, economics per- person, whatever saying that so now he's going to be he's going to be in the red for quite some time as he should be as he should be right so for the rest of his life everything that he does every job that he gets every contract he signs he's going to be giving that money to sandy hook and i'm sure there's going to be appeals and i'm sure there's going to be all kind of like you know gymnastics that he puts out there can he file bankruptcy and get out of that Oh, Is that a I'm, thing you can do for that? I'm almost sure. And I mean, realistically, yeah, there's no way he can he can pay that, you know. Right. right. There's no way. I, but he would have to pay it and then file, right? Like, that's how it would work. It would still, I, I just want to make sure he has nothing, you know. That's my, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's my thing at the end of the day. I'm like, he can't get out of this not having nothing, right? Right. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. <sighs> so. Yeah, yeah. So that'll show people to believe a jackass. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And the sad part is, even if he does file bankruptcy, he won't continue to make money after because people will follow him like, and still want to give him money. How much will he make? How much has his fan base or whatever dwindled from this? Hopefully it has. Um, But yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's well, at least a, Alex, a, as good of an good, end as you can have for something like yeah. this. Like, yes, yes, exactly. <sighs> Alex Jones. Man, I'm so tired of talking about him. Like, we don't even talk about him on the show at all, but I'm just tired of seeing mm-hmm. his schmuck of a face. I I pretty much ignore everything related to him now. I, I did see this story, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. Let, well, yeah. we have God. We have a lot of bad news this week. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying to set it up where, like, oh, let's move into good stuff, right? But like, we also have to talk about Cartoon Network basically being shredded. Yeah. Did you read about that? I read about this, and you know, you you posted that link from CartoonBrew.com, which is a great website, and almost to kick you in the gut. The picture they posted was from one of our favorite animated shows, Over the Garden Wall. Yep. Oh, man. So all of this creativity over 30 years of Cartoon Network, they're going they're going through a um, an anniversary right now. It's the 30th anniversary of Cartoon Network. You and I were kind of talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, it's been that long. We feel old as hell. But 30 years. I am of- Cartoon Network age old. That That's if you right. ever need to remember, I am the age of Cartoon Network. And I am the age of, fuck, I can't watch cartoons because it's not Saturday Aquarius. morning. <laughs> the age of Aquarius, is that what you said? 
<laughs> yes, also that. Um, but yeah, I remember the dark ages where you had to wait until Saturday morning or at mm-hmm. least until after school to come home and watch a cartoon. Now, if we're being fair, if we're if we're keeping it a hundred on this Cartoon Network thing. Those first few years of Cartoon Network were a little rough, all right, because it was all reruns of Hanna-Barbera stuff and Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry until like- How much Jetsons can you watch? Exactly. Fucking find out, aren't they? Until they came out with the trifecta, the three goats, Johnny Bravo, which probably hasn't aged well and I haven't watched in a very long time, uh, Dexter's Laboratory, which is still- one of the best cartoons ever made. Mm-hmm. And what was the third one? Cow and Chicken. <laughs> Cow and Chicken. I was going to say um, Courage the Cowardly Dog. I think that might have even come afterwards. Not that, by Yeah, March. that might have been later. Yeah, but those were the three that they started putting in circulation. And there was so much demand for those three shows to fill that, the programming that mm-hmm. they would rerun the same episode like three times a day. It was hilarious. Like... Yeah, you didn't need to tape it because if you if you missed the ha- the first half when it first aired, you got two more times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, power, really Powerpuff Girls. That was oh, yeah. one of the first really big ones too, or I assume first. I don't know, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was one of the earlier shows. Like they had um, a uh, an anthology show called What a Cartoon, where they I would basically that. yeah yeah what they would basically just like show new cartoons every episode and it acted as a uh, as a pilot and if it caught on then they'd make it into a full series and powerpuff girls i think it was like yeah it was the whoop-ass girls initially they uh they put on there and immediately mm-hmm. they were like we got to turn this into a series and of course they had to tone it down a little smidgen and call it the powerpuff girls <laughs> yeah but yeah great decision on that so we're here once again with David Zaslav just putting our stuff on 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 the flea market and on the bargain block, just hey, getting rid of all of it. So yeah. this guy's an idiot. He's already lost this company so much money this year that they can only afford to put out two fucking movies. And the first one was Don't Worry, Darling. The other huh. one's Black Adam. They can't afford to do anything else for the rest of the year. That's how you much know? money they've lost. Before we got started, D asked me, she's like, are you, you want to go see Black Adam? You know, I mean, it's got all the ingredients of, of what I like, right? It's a superhero mm-hmm. film. It's got The Rock. It's got Pierce Brosnan, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think Ezra Miller's in it. So it's got everything that you would think I'd want out of a superhero film. But I, I really don't care right now. I'm, I can, I'm good waiting for that to come to HBO Max. Yeah. I don't care about it. And I also kind of don't want to give Warner Brothers money right now because of this merger bullshit. Yeah, not on purpose. Absolutely not. So back to the overarching story here. Uh, Basically, there are a ton of layoffs going on at Warner Brothers. Even according to this article, they say specifically uh, Warner Brothers Television Group laid off 82 scripted, unscripted and animation employees on Tuesday and will not fill 43 more vacant positions. Now, if you remember a few episodes ago, we were talking about all the animation being pulled off of HBO Max and how, uh, you know, working animation uh, professionals were concerned because that's not a good sign. It's not a sign of good faith uh, for the projects that they had going on. And this right here is uh, the proof, unfortunately. 
Um, I read elsewhere where they said that basically what they're going to be doing is rolling up all of their animation studios under one umbrella, just the Warner Brothers animation group. Uh, so that means Cartoon Network, uh, Warner Brothers animation, which gives us the uh, the Scooby-Doo and the, the Mortal right. Kombat and the DC Universe movies. And there was one other group as well. But a lot of people are saying that this is not a good look uh, specifically no. for Adult Swim, because, I mean, they're so under the radar and they work on a shoestring budget as it is uh, bringing those, you know, those fringe cartoons to the air. Who knows if they're going to continue in that same format? We may never see that uh, that sort of era again with that type no. of uh, that type of just freewheeling animation. <laughs> yeah, there's so much of the market that is changing right now. And God, it's so sad too because I know that was all like Atlanta based too, right? Um, and how much that contributes to you know the area of like jobs and like the the local economy and everything like that. So then you think about like how this will trickle down and and harm communities too. It's like ah, God damn it, this sucks. It really does. You know, if there was one thing you could count on, it's that Cartoon Network is going to have something interesting to give you. Uh, you know, like occasionally we got Infinity Train most recently, mm-hmm. Over the Garden Wall. I mean, who saw that coming? That came out of fucking nowhere, and it yeah. was so good. Yeah, and I think, like, I think because it was like Cartoon Network is like has prestige obviously within like car- like the cartoon community but it's like it's also not disney so they were allowed to do different things yeah and now it's like everything's just like being absorbed and and how many artists are going to be lost in this shuffle yeah i think um, about the rebecca sugars and and you know all the other artists and and creators that work there like i was watching um the 30th anniversary stream that cartoon network had on the other day where they were just showing all kind of little bits and pieces from their history. And they showed an episode of Steven Universe, and it was a groundbreaking episode where they actually let two female characters get married on the show, two main characters. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And it was just so heartbreaking the way it all came together. And it just, it was, it was some of the best TV I've ever seen animated or otherwise. And like literally Steven Universe may be the show that moved me the most to tears just from start to finish, just the the sentimental moments they had in between all the action and all, you know, it almost made it better. It made it mean more uh, when they would fight against insurmountable odds. Cause you knew there was like, you know, uh, there was heart in there right, too. There's, Not just, there's an emotional stake in this. Exactly. You know, you got that a little bit from adventure time as well. Um, you know, they broke a lot of boundaries with that, but um you know, up until then, it was just kind of, I don't know, it was alluded to with some of these same-sex relationships. But Steven mm-hmm. Universe is like, no, fuck that. This is real. This is happening. This is what we are. Uh, and they pushed back and pushed back, and they finally got it on the air. And I was I was so proud that they were able to do that, that team. Um, and we'll never see anything like that again, unfortunately, if, yeah. if they stay on this current path i don't mean to be like melodramatic about it and shit but it's 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 realistic but it's also um like these are rough things that are happening with hollywood but we've also dealt with um mccarthyism and you know like they're like 
realistically, there are times that are really shitty for art and artists. Um, at least when you're dealing with like commercial stuff and everything like that. Um, yeah. And then there are wonderful times where we get amazing stuff and there's still amazing stuff that gets made even in the worst of times. So it's one of those things that I, I think it's just all you can do. You could definitely like mourn the loss and everything like that, but all you can do is just keep supporting the art that you love and the artists that you love, however you can. And, you know, hope that it kind of falls back in the favor of good things being made again and not, right. you know, just shitty reality TV. Listen, we can enjoy some shitty reality TV if that's your thing. Cool. But, you know, obviously we all want more as well. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent about supporting the creatives. It's just really difficult to do for animation because it, it takes so much prep time to get that on the screen, you know? No, absolutely. It's it is really hard and I I don't know what how can you move that medium away from studios? Like it's so expensive and time consuming and there are so many people involved with making it um that I I don't know how that works. Yeah. My only yeah. hope is that maybe you know some other person with you know the money or the means of getting other people to invest in it can go hey there's a vacuum here let's go fill this vacuum by creating a new studio well you know we were joking at the beginning about suppressing art and stuff like that with the with the graffiti and the, yeah. uh, the street art and all that sort of thing um i mean if you see somebody who's who's got like a great reel uh, on Twitter, because that's the other thing too. A lot of these um, these animation professionals, what they'll do, as you just say, artists, uh, what they're doing is they're getting their stuff out on social media. Like I know um, mm -hmm. the uh, and it, it pains me, I can't remember their name, but the person who does the uh, the opening intro for Teen Titans Go, where they have like a little dance breakdown for like ten mm -hmm. seconds, uh, they're out there like making all kind of stuff like all the time. And it's just so incredible. Mm -hmm. And just that five seconds of their work gets on teen Titans, like every season. And it just played at the beginning of every episode and it's cool. Mm -hmm. They're getting paid. That's great. You know, teen Titans seems like it's evergreen, but at the same time, there's so much more they have to offer. You know, uh, you and I, we know a ton of artists who are just out there trying to get their stuff out. So, I encourage you, folks, if you see somebody's art and it moves you, share it. Share it with the world. Share it mm -hmm. on your platform. Let people know about it. Um, I know my friend George Gant, he's, he's got this amazing webcomic, uh, Beware of Toddler, and he had this successful Kickstarter. He's making big moves, and I'm so proud of him. Um, That's cool. You know, it, Beware of Toddler is hilarious consistently. Uh, my buddy Anthony Piper he did the he did the logo for Mighty Ink that looked like the inkwell that it was spilling mm -hmm. over. Um, but at the same time he was doing that, he was working on his own book called Trill League. And that just got picked up by BET. Uh, and they're going to turn it into a series produced by 50 Cent. Holy so, shit. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, Anthony has been doing incredible over these past few years. He's worked for Marvel. He's done a, a lot of stuff for them, both um, on the artistic side and writing. So, I mean... That's great. I truly believe the reason why him in particular, why he got noticed is because so many people 
were cheering him on. They had his back. Mm -hmm. They noticed his talent. They saw his hustle and they just kept on telling, you know, the big guys, like, we want to see more Anthony. We want to see more of him. And so Mm -hmm. now, I mean, he's, he's working. (laughs) So I'm happy for the guy. Yeah. Yeah, And like, you know, it's one of those things like in his scenario, you buy his comic in your other friend scenario, you contribute to the Kickstarter. But like some people, if they don't, if, if you can't financially support them, like Matt said, share the, their stuff or follow them like on, you know, because as we know, like having a lot of followers can be helpful too. There's lots of different ways, um, both like with money, without money that you can help artists. Um, so, you know, do that as best you can. Um, and you know, just be, just try to encourage, and if there are people in your lives who are artists, encourage them, you know, yeah, remind them how much you appreciate what they're doing. I think that also goes a really long way because there are a lot of artists out there who are making things and they're not really hearing anything for it. You know, they're Mm -hmm. just doing it, assuming that they're kind of (laughs) screaming into the void or whatever. And you know, hearing that from their friend, you guys or whatever, like that could be a powerful thing for them to keep them moving, to keep them going another day. Absolutely. And uh, one last thing before we move on real, not really under the radar, but I don't hear it talked about nearly enough. Watch Craig of the Creek while you can people. It's a great cartoon. Where's that at? It's on cartoon network. And that's what I'm saying. Watch it while you can, because you know, they like to pull shit off. Um, It's got four seasons. Uh, it, it has frequently been celebrated for uh, just the the friendship the characters have, the diversity, the LGBTQ themes. Um, you know, they, they have non-binary characters on the show. But what appeals to me, one, one thing that just feels so authentic to me is that, you know, it stars a Black family. And just the relationship they have with one another is just so organic the way that it comes off on the screen. It's, it's a beautiful show. Is that where this image that you put in our show notes comes from? Because their faces, I want to watch it just for this image alone. (laughs) Yeah. There's some very memeable images from that show for sure. I'm, I'm saving that one. I'm going to use that (laughs) in all settings. (laughs) It says it perfectly expresses how people feel right now towards Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just that shrug and that, that little smug look on his face, like narrowed eyes. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great show. Um, it's got a lot of imagination involved, too. I, I didn't get with it at first because I'm like, okay, how much can we get out of a kid and his imagination hanging out at a creek with his friends? It gets pretty interesting. And it's not all at the creek all the time, but <laughs> it's really good. I dig it. Yeah. yeah. I will have to look into that. Although how, how long will we have to watch it? That's true. Right. But Four seasons. Get it where you can. What yeah. was, um, do you have a, well, I don't know. Do you have a favorite cartoon network show that you would encourage people to watch? Um, well, when I was a kid, I loved Johnny Bravo. Like mm-hmm. I really did. I thought that show was so <laughs> funny. So freaking funny, man. I don't know if there's um, a way to watch that, like through their platform. Obviously, you can find it if you want to, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I loved that as a kid. Um, <laughs> I remember being like an Adult Swim, like watching that way too early too. 
and watching <laughs> shit like home movies and stuff like that. Oh, that I should yeah. not have been watching. <laughs> um, my favorite though would be Over the Garden Wall. Like, yeah. Of you know, there's a lot of those that I've missed. You know, like I have a lot of, and, and that's what sucks too. Is like I'm like, uh, hopefully I'll still be able to watch a lot of this back catalog because you know I still want to go back and watch them. But yeah, Over the Garden Wall would be my favorite personally. That's a great choice. You know, I, I brought up Infinity Train. So beautiful, like it's it, it's everything about it: the artwork, the music, oh, the story. Yeah, the music. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. I got zero complaints about that show. Yeah. Uh, well, so we can't even really call it a show. It's like a little mini series, you know. And it feels like a movie, honestly. Yeah, it does. But it's yeah. so easily digestible. It was a it was a five night limited series event that aired yeah. over an entire week on Cartoon Network, and it was so cool because you don't see stuff like that very often anymore, you know. No, it's, you really don't. It's just kind of a yeah. It was an anomaly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I could gush all day about all the various cartoons they've had. We Bear Bears, of course. And Yeah, that's another you know. one I want to go back and watch. Yeah, it's so good. Gumball. Like, okay, all right, we got to stop yeah. because there's more to cover. So we're done reminiscing yeah. about Cartoon Network. Let's get back into the suck. Let's talk about some... Well, there's, uh, there's less... Well, oh, oh okay. Well, yeah. murder, uh, murder, she wrote, Angela Lansbury died. Yes, yes. So that did. one does suck. I was going to say all the news is good moving forward, but then I remembered that part. She that was suck. old. It sucks that she died, but at least she was old and lived a very long and seemingly productive life. Although 96. she killed a lot of people on that show. That's true. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. And she turned into a, a teapot that one time. But yeah. other than that, 96 years old. That, come on, come on. That I mean, that sounds a little too long for my taste, but you know, that's I mean, their own. She got it, and she passed. She she did a she did a a Betty White and passed like a few days before her birthday too, because she was Beats. born sixteenth uh, of October, nineteen twenty five. Wow. Damn. Yeah. It's hard to imagine living that long. Did you know that she was British? What? No. It said she was born in Regent's Park, London, England in 1925. And then she only started living in the United States from 1951 on. Huh. I didn't yeah. know that. No. Me neither. I just she thought was she was just 20s a, when she was moved very, to thought she was a very straight laced, you know, just white woman, white American woman. <laughs> just another white lady. You know, <laughs> she, she did. She meant, she means well. Uh, yeah, so of course her credits include um, uh, Murder, She Wrote, uh, Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. She was mm. uh, she was in, oh, she's in the upcoming Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion. Is she the knife or the she, glass onion? She's the glass onion, apparently. You'll okay, see. Cool. You'll see. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and of course the tea kettle from Beauty and the Beast, Mrs. Potts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, and, and her most famous role is obviously Murder, She Wrote. And that was like always on TV. It's probably still on TV right now, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that and Golden Girls and, you know, certain Columbo. classics like that. 
yeah. always playing somewhere. <laughs> Mash. It's playing right now oh somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That's why I feel tired. All right. So rest <laughs> in peace, Angela Lansbury. You've had an amazing career and you've entertained so many of us. Thank you for your contribution. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I guess the wall of weird can be this Fred Armisen thing. Apparently, um, he's going to be portraying Uncle Fester in the Adams Family uh, Wednesday series that's coming out. Which, seeing him, that checks out. He's always been a little bit of a creep. <laughs> and it's just full on. And this this makes sense. This adds up. <laughs> the preview image, and I think they, yeah, I, I saw him in the, uh, in the new yeah. trailer, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can see it. Yeah. In, I, in I am family, very indifferent about this show. I, I have to admit, I don't care. I am too, but I have more hope for this than I did the uh, the monsters. You know? Oh, absolutely! But that's a really low bar, my friend. You are correct. That is. That is, I mean, <laughs> absolutely one hundred correct or one hundred percent correct. There, I, but, I'm sure this will be a fun show and not fucking torture, <laughs> but like. You know, that doesn't mean I'm excited for it, per se. I buried the lead there because I, I didn't know if you knew this or not. And I wanted to be the first to tell you, Christina Ritchie is also going to be on the show as another character. I did know that. That's uh, great. I, yeah, a lot of people were very excited about that. And that's yeah. why I know about it. I thought that was already announced. I thought that was announced like in the beginning when they first like talked about the show. Or well, is she a producer? Oh, you know what? Maybe it was rumored, but they actually had her in this most recent trailer. Okay. I thought she was like a producer or something like that. And I was like, oh, it would make sense if she ended up coming on there. Like, I wasn't surprised by that. Yeah. Let me look it up. I'm looking it up now. Looking it up. Looking it up. Break me off a piece of that new story. Producers. No, I'm not seeing it. I was incorrect. All right. All right. You heard it here first, folks. We have... (laughs) We have killed our own rumor. (laughs) We have the rumor (laughs) choice. That's right. (laughs) I gave it my best. It wasn't enough. Breaking news. (laughs) That's all right. At least least we're giving you the real deal. That's that's what matters, that we're being honest with folks. Um, So that's happening. Uh, we'll we'll of course give our impressions on that as that uh, as that unfolds. Um, this kind of surprised me. I saw this today, and this is actually kind of um, it's kind of endearing. Of course, when you say endearing, you can't help but think of Brendan Fraser. I love him so much. He's a great guy. He's so wonderful. He's a great. Give him dude. the Oscar already. We all know he's going to win. Give him the Oscar, and somebody write a good script for this movie that he wants to be in. He said that he is open to a fourth mummy movie. Some of you may be wondering, what do you mean fourth mummy mummy movie? There was only two. I say to you, no, there was a third one that we don't talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Because they recast Rachel Wiz and we don't talk about it. (laughs) Do you mean the reboot with, with, with Tom Cruise? No. I mean, 2008's The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, which feels like it went straight to home release. I don't remember because I didn't see that. I didn't see it. I never saw it either. 
But yeah, I'd like them to ignore that, bring her back and bring him back and do that. Yeah. And you know what? Enough time has passed and that's kind of the way that movie making goes now anyway. They can totally do that and play it off. I'll be fine. Everybody will be fine. Yeah. As as long as I hope that they give him a hairpiece in it. I don't mm-hmm. mean to be insulting. We love Brendan Fraser. Yeah. But man, he had a great hair like he had some amazing hair in the 90s particularly in the mummy it was perfect it was wonderful like mm. and i just i, I do if they bring him back i want i want the hair back too and i <laughs> and i am fine with it being a hairpiece a wig whatever i'm fine with it i will okay. i will accept it you know all right all right well let's fingers crossed Hope that Universal can get their act together and realize that we want us some more Rick O'Connell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, you know, the mummy's great and everything, but it was never about the mummy. It was about the O'Connells. It really was. Like Even the, even the punk-ass brother. Yeah. <laughs> they were an amazing on-screen couple. One of the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can recast the kid. I'm not even really sure who played, who played the kid at this point. But Oh, no. Yeah. Recast the kid for sure. Yeah. I, they can even cast him as someone famous. I don't care. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf again. No. Oh, God. No. No. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with um, the Indiana Jones, by the way, in the future. Are they going to recast that character? Mutt? They gonna ignore him altogether? How are they gonna do that? Man, I mean, they're probably just gonna can, mention him offhand, and that's gonna be it. Look, if they can completely ignore short round, they can ignore Mutt. You know? Yeah. No, that's true. At one point, short round was more of a son to him than Mutt was. So. Yeah. yeah, they'll bring back short round before they bring back Mutt. Now that I'd love to see. I think I've told Everyone you before. Does. I would love to see that character be the villain of a movie. And, you know, one of those villains where it's like, okay, you kind of understand where he's coming from. Because he's like, you know, you made me do all these stereotypical things back then. (laughs) You put me in mortal danger for most of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And then you just forgot about me. You pushed me to the side. Once you yep, found you out that you had me a, there, man. Yeah. Once you found out you had a biological son, you just tossed me to the side like I was nothing. Die, Indiana Jones. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah, no time for pretty, life, Dr. Jones. Fun. Dude, I want to see that movie. <laughs> I do too. <sighs> anyway. All right. Speaking of movies slash watching things, what have you been watching lately? Well. I, of course, have been enjoying the wonderful She-Hulk series on Disney+, Plus, but we've been talking about that for the past few weeks. It is consistently good. The last episode is on tonight, so I will have a report by next week about my overall thoughts about the series in general. But in the meantime, Disney Marvel also dropped a little special called Werewolf by Night, which was kind of surprising is out of nowhere they just announced it right like a couple That's months ago weird. yeah and it was already done so it was an hour-long special um you know disney plus has really been trying to do this over uh different holidays or they're just building a catalog of these specials and hoping that something will hook some something will catch on they did one uh with the muppets with the haunted mansion last year i mm-hmm. believe uh they have countless Lego holiday specials for every possible holiday you can imagine. Well, maybe not every holiday, but you know, a lot of them. Uh, 
But Werewolf by Night, this is the first one from Marvel. Uh, and it kind of sets the tone for the upcoming uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I think is also oh, coming out. I forgot out about that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people did, including me. But mm-hmm. this special surprised me about how enjoyable it was. It stars Gail Garcia Bernal and Laura Donnelly. And it is just like off the rails because they have to get a lot done in that one hour. It's mostly in black and white. I won't spoil any, anything regarding that for you, but um, the, the cinematography, the action, uh, the the storytelling, the pacing, the music, everything about it is wonderful. I highly recommend it for spooky season. It's not too spooky. Some people do. I mean, it's still for kids, right? It's still for kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for like, you know, preteens i'd say it's about in that range but it's a fun ride and it's only an hour of your time so it's worth it it does not really tie in directly with anything going on in the mcu right now so no matter where you are on your mcu journey you can watch this right now and you're not going to be spoiled about anything else so it's got that going for it as well oh okay that's nice that you can just kind of jump in and watch it what if they were like, um, you have to watch this in order to understand Wakanda forever. You're going to be completely lost if you don't watch Werewolf by Night. That would be fucking hilarious. I, <laughs> I would love that, honestly. People would be yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> Werewolf by Night. <laughs> I guess. So for me this week, I'm finally, I just in ready to speak about it in a little more detail and talk about oh. how much I love House of the Dragon. Oh, we're we're very much hooked. We're completely caught up with it now. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I would argue it is doing a lot of things better than the original series did. Hmm. Um, some of which I won't get into because it's kind of spoiler plot points. But how they are handling certain uh, subject matter as it pertains to the story. Yeah. Uh, they are doing a better job than the original did. And I think that's because it is, it feels like more women are involved behind the scenes as well. Yep. And the female characters are the leads of this show. They are the central characters. It is about them. The men are more secondary to them. So yeah, it's really fucking good. It's really good. In the decade since game of Thrones first premiered, yeah. I'd argue that, you know, just media has changed so much, even mm-hmm. from that that old like HBO method of, all right, we're going to give you this great series. It's going to be really adult. There's going to be a little bit of sex going on in there. There's, but ultimately, there's going to be some tits in this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's kind of their whole thing. But, you know, it, it never to me, it rarely ever feels organic. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the one of the best examples of that is uh, the Sopranos, where they're yeah, in the strip they club. Filmed it like where they could get around it. Yeah, because the like people. if you if you notice in HBO shows, when there's nudity happening, the story doesn't really go anywhere. You know, it's just a scene right. for people who are watching it on HBO, and it's so they can go ahead and syndicate it and put it on regular TV if they so choose to, and. As a matter of fact, they did that with The Sopranos. Now, way, way back when they weren't thinking about syndication on basic cable and that sort of thing, they would have these weird effects where 
they would show like an episode of Tales from the Crypt on FX or TNT or something like that. And instead of like cutting around the nudity, they would like zoom in really close on the scene. And this is before HDTV. So you got this really pixelated picture where it's just close up on on (laughs) people's faces as they're talking. And it's like, oh, there must be titties in this scene. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to cut around this. Right, right. There's something to this. Yeah, and it's just so jarring because they wouldn't even get like a good editorial team to do it. It'd just be like, you know, some college kid just hey josh make this happen (laughs) yeah just weird stuff yeah but But, i I just i think i think they're learning a lot of mistakes like learning from a lot of the mistakes that the previous show made mm -hmm. um and yeah i'm just it's it's good it's really good the chair is bigger you know uh (laughs) (laughs) characters have uh i'm also trying to forgive the game of thrones ending with the thought that if i keep watching and people keep talking about how much they hate the ending they will find a way to retcon it especially if they give that snow sequel series a spinoff right i don't right. know we'll see yeah we've discussed that but what i what i find encouraging as well is that um george R. R. martin is <laughs> frequently texting the showrunners and telling them mm-hmm. how better of a job they're doing at the characterization of certain characters uh, than he is. And I, I find that really nice. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, like you're talking about what is st- essentially historical text that George R. R. Martin made up mm-hmm. about the history of the Targaryens. Yeah. Um, and this universe versus the actual novels where he's given the beat by beat information. And then the end, we don't have any of the original source material. So they can do a lot more with this because they have the bullet points, not every single thing that happens. Like, right. And, you know, hopefully that means it's people are a little more accepting of it. I don't know. But, yeah, I think it, it's sometimes I get sad watching it, remembering how much I loved Game of Thrones and how much it disappointed me at the end and the things that I wish they would have done instead. Right. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I have a lot of hope for this series. Mm-hmm. And that was very much lost after some time when Game of Thrones ended. I was in denial for a very long time, as we all know. But like, I yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about this. And I look forward to, that's another thing too, like getting, looking forward to watching it every week. You're like, yeah, you can't burn through it. Like and watch the next episode, even though you really want it. But there is something kind of cool about being able to watch it every week. You know, I don't have any yeah. week to week anymore. I do appreciate that. That's that's something that you can only really, you know, it's weird because you can't put that genie back in the bottle. No. HBO has consistently been about weekly releases, whereas yeah. somebody like a Netflix has always been about drops. You know. Um, they're testing out a lot of new formats now. I know a lot of people are annoyed by how they're releasing the uh, the Great British Baking Show this season because mm-hmm. that's a show that folks want to marathon. They want to sit down and just enjoy the entire thing. Yep, but this week to week thing, exactly. But this week to week thing is making people second guess and just wait until the season is done. Isn't isn't that a thing that they're doing now though? Rather than having the whole thing air much later when it's done. Oh, that's a good question. 
I don't know if production is done with this season, but I feel like it is, you know? Um, I was thinking that they were airing them week to week in the UK. Mm. And then we get it a few days later. And like, that's why they're doing week to week now versus oh. dropping the whole season in the past. It was just, you know, would air like two months later here. That's fair. I mean, if that's the way it's going know. for that reason, I would understand. But I also remember you saying a couple of weeks back that Netflix was looking to do a week to week release they in are. general. Yeah, they are. I just don't know if it's it, they're doing it with that particular show, but that is a model that they're exploring and is a terrible idea. Yeah. And there's a third option with their anime releases, because a lot of folks are excited about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, Stone Ocean, and they're doing drops of episodes where you get like six at one time and then another seven and then the third part, you know, with the rest of the episodes left over. It's a little frustrating because why don't they just start dropping like five minutes of an episode and yeah. then wait a few months, just make it completely <laughs> random. Keep people on their toes. Exactly. Because that's exactly what anime fans are known for is their patience. Yes. And their understanding, <laughs> their understanding of their show is not quite going the way that they anticipate. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it's weird because yeah, there was a, there was a huge gap in between the first and second parts of the recent Jojo season. But this third part apparently is going to be coming out in December and the most recent one came out in October. So or this month, I should say. So folks are, are a little just kind of confused. Like what's really going on here? Is it necessity or is it by design? What's happening? And Netflix is tight-lipped about it, of course. <laughs> I mean, they're not making the best decisions right now, but at least they're not HBO Max slash Discovery Plus, whatever the hell they're calling themselves. That's they, true. They got that going for them right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, I don't think I'm really watching much anything else. I, I got the, the dock for my Steam Deck so I can hook it up to the TV now. And, oh boy, it's a lot of fun. It is incredible, oh, cool. actually. Yeah, the way this thing just organically knows um, how to uh, just orient itself going from a handheld to the, to the TV, it's incredible. You know, I mean, of course, the Switch does it too. But this is basically like, you know, a, a PC reprogramming itself in order to play on a certain type of monitor without you having to really interfere too much. It's, it's kind of great. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I haven't really been playing anything lately. Sometimes I feel guilty about even having like my Xbox subscription or whatever, because I'm like, I'm not using it right now a lot. Ah, it's there for you when you need it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I'd be pissed. And I also know I'm I'm paying like a really cheap rate because I got one of those deals. I don't remember what it was where it's X amount of months for really cheap. Yeah. That's the thing about those deals. You get it really cheap. And then as the months wear on, you're like, yeah, this is the norm. And then when it's time to re up, it's like, Oh, how did I get that deal again? I don't quite remember. Yeah. Can I get it again? Yeah. I'm probably, if you, you send it my way, I'm probably going to buy um, around black Friday. Like oh a yeah. Subscription again and do it that way. It's upon it's, us once more. It's cheaper. It's, yeah. Prime Day is coming. Uh, lots of folks are walking out. Keep that in mind. They're trying to get some some union rights going for themselves. Yeah. So maybe don't maybe don't buy anything from maybe them. Maybe don't. 
those impulse buys. I mean, if you can prevent it, I know everybody, you know, it's possible that you were waiting on something to go on sale. You need it uh, for your household or whatever. And I'm not shaming anybody, you know, because when it comes down to it, you know, this is, we live in a capitalistic society. You have to get what you need for yourself and your family. But right. if you can right. prevent, don't go ahead and buy that slingshot from Amazon. Don't get that new right. 1000 count uh, thread count sheet set that you had your eye on, you know, but if you need some like Cheerios to feed your kid, please, yeah, I mean, go ahead, get your Cheerios on. Right, 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 right. What? Well, yeah, <clears throat> there's stuff that you actually do need to buy at that cheaper price, essentials, and we get that. But like, if it's if it's something you really don't need right now, maybe support the workers who are trying to get a more decent life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's enough preaching for me uh, this week. <laughs> Thank you, folks, for listening. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you'd like to take part in our Discord server, check out patreon.com yeah. slash Lex and Matt. And there's a whole lot of Any stuff going on. Any tier gets in. Any tier gets in. Tomorrow's Pet Pick Thursday. So yeah, we're going to post some pet picks as we do every Thursday. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a really nice little community. We talk about everything. Um, I revealed that Angela Lansbury died in a very horrific uh, way within our group. And one of our listeners did, in fact, find out through that stupid way. So, Oh, I did, too. I was, I was yeah. also surprised by that. Like, what? Yeah, which is fantastic. Like, I was hoping that that would happen. You know, I'll tell you this at the end of the episode, because, you know, most folks have already probably clicked it off thinking that we're just doing the outro at this point. Mm -hmm. I thought she had passed away a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Same. I did Shit. not realize she was alive. Okay. All right. As long as I'm not no, alone. It's it's not just you. Follow us on social media at Lex and Matt across the board. We thank you as always for listening. We thank you for your kind words. Your reviews mean so much to us. Subscribe. Follow. Click that like button. Smash that bell. We don't have any of those things, but I just like saying it. Um, yeah. As always, I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. <laughs>